Oh my goodness. It's Halloween. It's our Halloween episode. It's technically our Halloween episode. It's like our <laughs> preview to Halloween. <laughs> it's like a preview. To, it is. It's really just like this. I mean, we're not getting another one. No, it's true. This is this episode is not spooky. It is about a haunted house. But is it? Is it actually about no. a haunted house? It's no. it's not about anything. It's not about that at all. There's not a haunted house at all. They never even say haunted house in it. This is an episode also that is titled Dawn in the Haunted House, but it is a Dawn episode in name only. This is absolutely yes. a Claudia episode. Which is not to say that Dawn is not amazing in this. Oh, she's wonderful and she's heavily featured, but Claudia is the emotional heart of this story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is a uh, Dawn is basically just gadding about being highly irrational most of the time. She's she's kind of a jerk, but not in a way where she's intending to be mean to anybody. She just thinks she's doing what's best for her friends, and her like thirteen year old frame of mind has really convinced herself this is this is it. She is behaving in a way that Netflix Dawn could never. Oh, never. Would never. never. This is more book Dawn. Uh, oh, should we should we talk about what we're talking about for a second? Oh, are we talking about something specific? Uh, who are we? What's going on? Where am I? Um, is hi. this pizza toast? Yeah, yeah. This is this is Pizza Toast. This is a podcast about Babysitters Club ephemera uh, television yeah, adaptations specifically. Uh, I'm Christy yeah. Admiral. I'm Phil Gonzalez, and this is this is Dawn in the Haunted House. <laughs> Very spooky, except when it's not particularly spooky at all, and the things that are considered scary are either just kind of sad or totally normal. Now I know we may have addressed this in previous episodes, but maybe not. I mean, we've we've dropped. We've talked a little bit about the fact that the supernatural is kind of a thread that runs through the book series. It's it's so this the thought that someone thinks a character not only is a witch but may have actually possessed one of their friends and kidnapped mm -hmm. them isn't as off the wall babysitters club wise as you might think because the books. The girls have that, like, we're junior high school age kids. We we kind of want to believe this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's outlandish, but not actually for, particularly for Dawn, a character who's obsessed with the idea of there being a, a ghost in her own house. Yeah, I was hoping this was going to be about her house. Yeah, I was too. When Except it's not even, it doesn't even really end up being about a haunted house. It is more, I mean... As we've said, there's no haunted house. It's more about a woman who's like sort of a morbid destiny character. So we, so in the last episode, we had a not uh, Koki, and yes. in this one, we have a not morbid destiny. It's it's very strange, but they are like the Koki character. She's pretty much dead on morbid destiny. Yeah, and I like her a little more than uh, Netflix series morbid destiny because she feels much more in the mold of the actual character. And I feel like her, yeah, and her her characterization. I, don't, I really like the actress who played her, and I I, I really like the fact that she's like this animal rescue person. Yeah. Like she's just a, a she's a cool character, but it's it in it in it. I don't know. We'll get into the bones. That's the third act twist. Yeah, we got to get to that <laughs> first. Uh, yeah. So this episode is called Dawn in the Haunted House. It opens with um they're putting up flyers that say need a babysitter save time called the Babysitters Club. That got me real pumped. It always does. Yeah. So that we. We have the first like appearance of the the babysitters, which of course also I'm like, so this is the 
second episode. Like yeah. the first one, we yeah. had, were introduced to the girls, and in this one, now they're like, "Ah, we gotta get, we gotta get some more business with a babysitters yeah. club." Yeah, and this one opens with no voiceover, whereas I think the Christie voiceover maybe that's the only time that's going to happen, and it happened in the first mm. episode. Uh, yeah, they because Stacy references that they spent, uh, they are broke, and Mallory says they blew all their money on kid kids. Yep, I thought that was great. Nice little callback to all the art. <laughs> Is supplies good they in bought. this episode. <laughs> so Don and Mallory are hanging the flyers, and there's this uh like ADR voiceover or you know, line <laughs> of Dawn's where she just goes, That's good, Mallory. I hope we get new clients. But at first I thought she was being like really patronizing the Mallory, because Mallory hangs the sign and she's like, Oh, that's good, Mallory. Good job. <laughs> and that seems like something Mallory would appreciate. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, they get they get their wish like almost immediately too because they get a new client through this meeting. But before that happens, Claudia comes in late and has a secret, and you can tell she has a secret. Yeah. Uh, this show, this episode, or these this series is not long on subtlety. No, no. And there's a, there's a lot of flair for the dramatic in this episode, and I like how the uh, I like how the actress playing Claudia handles all of it. I think she does the best she can, but she has to be fairly melodramatic in this episode. Yeah, and uh, and we and she also is almost late for the babysitters club meeting, uh, which is in her house. Yes. <laughs> So I assume it was because she was talking with a teacher. I'm guessing it's she's t- talking to the science teacher because uh, is it immediately the next scene we find out? Yeah, but there's a lot that happens in this scene. Yeah, uh, let's talk about this we, meeting. We fi- this meeting is good. Well, first uh, we find out that their phone number is KL five thirty two thirty one. Yes, it is. Uh, we find Stacy shows off something that Jamie Newton made her uh, mm-hmm. painting of her and a dog. Uh, Christy tries to get Claudia to do some artistic analysis of this painting. Claudia is unresponsive. Now they get a new client calling in who requests two babysitters because one of the children is an infant of the three children. And this is, um, I don't think, I've never done a tag team babysitting gig, but I assume Uh they happen and I know they happen a lot in the Babysitter's Club universe. Yes. Uh, They tend to happen in the Babysitter's Club universe either when there's like Mallory's family or if if there is a baby involved. That seems to be kind of the thing. So someone can always watch the baby and other people can take care of the kids. It makes sense. It makes sense. I guess maybe I was just being... It wasn't like the wild and crazy, like, uh, Lost in the Wilderness 80s, though. Like, when I was babysitting, I always <laughs> would have to watch an infant in addition to other children. That was very normal for me. And I was by myself. But I was also in high school. So I'll buy it. Uh, this yeah. is the kind of thing that the babysitter's agency has on the babysitter's club. <laughs> right. <laughs> Only having um, to pay one babysitter. Yeah. Mallory had the chicken pox twice yeah. gets brought up. Uh, Is that possible? It's possible. It's extremely rare. And also Mallory reveals like a lifetime of trauma in this episode. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We'll get to the we'll get to Mallory. So all <laughs> all so far we've had Mallory be patronized by by Dawn. Mallory reveal that she has the rarest of rare uh non-immunity to chicken pox. 
and uh and uh we get to see her holding hands with jesse at times which is very cute yeah they are they really sell the mallory and jesse are best friends thing without ever having them say it out loud like they always sit together they're like they Mm -hmm. always sit on the bed together like they have their designated spots which by the way outstanding total total pull from the book makes me really happy every time and uh and we also get that without them coming right out and saying it even though they don't really have any scenes together or many scenes together that stacy and dawn are best friends uh which is... or no stacy and claudia sorry stacy yeah, and claudia yeah. are best friends they uh they don't yeah. actually like say like we're best friends but there's like a moment where where they're like what's going on with claudia and stacy just says like i tried talking to her about it. and you're like oh that's what a best friend would do they'd be the yeah. one to like try to talk to their to their best friend about something mm-hmm. serious and i kind of like that like it's just like oh i guess they're the best friends there's actually a lot of pairing off in this episode of characters that yeah. are not like the closest ones because stacy and marianne end up taking the babysitting gig together so we see a lot of them together and stacy and dawn are the ones who who see the uh supposed witch shopping later in the episode the best scene in the e- An my iconic goodness. scene uh, one that i recalled almost word for word this is this episode <laughs> is where we're getting into the stuff i remember because i remembered these babysitting gigs where they're playing with these three kids i did not remember the specific dialogue of them which is incredible <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get to the babysitting gig, we are yes. introduced to a new character who's apparently only in this one episode. Uh, Mrs. Kishi is is introduced. Yes. We both, we both uh, had a look-see at her IMDb page, apparently, because... And what an IMDb! Oh, I recognized her from, like, six different things. Uh, mm-hmm. You have the the actor's name pulled up, actually. Uh, Freda Fo Shen. So, or Frida. she was in a movie that I did not care for, but the acting was good in, so good on her. Uh, Ad Astra, within, like, the last year and a half. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she w- she is currently in the uh, in the new Books of Blood TV movie based on Clive Barker's writing. She's featured prominently in the trailer, so uh, you can check that out if you want to see her. But yeah, she's got- she's been in everything. She's yeah. There's just a lot going on with her previous career uh, mm-hmm. or her later career. What am I saying? Uh, this is this seems er- a little early on in what in what she's done, but she's good. She reminds me of book Kishi parents more than the Netflix. Kishi parents did she seems a good bit stricter uh yeah um she like has a like a talking to with Claudia like asking why she didn't tell her parents that she failed a science test oh by the way at this point in the episode we've gotten a mention of Pete Black and a mention of Mr. Kingbridge yes yeah so we're we're uh we're sort of again dripping in these characters uh I guess just for the again no morbid a destiny but they will name check a bunch of other like (laughs) characters don't Mr. know why. Kingbridge being a name I haven't thought of in years. <laughs> <laughs> we see him later on too. Yeah, yeah. So they like um you you captured you did a screen cap of this portion, but Claudia is told she's got to give something up. Uh, she's also told she's going to be tutored. It's either three or four times a week. It's intense. Yeah. And uh, And it's interesting. This is, again, these books aren't based on specific, these episodes aren't based on specific books, but this is a plot that's happened a couple of times in the book series. uh, Yeah. And where Claudia is failing something. Yeah. One of Claudia's main character traits is bad student. Like not, uh, not, not, not intelligent because she's extremely good at art, but bad speller, bad at math, bad at science. 
Yeah, we're re- and- we're currently uh, Mitzi and I are currently reading the the book where the, one of their charges, uh, Shay Radowski, is is uh, they find out that he has uh, that he has um, dyslexia, right? <gasps> dyslexia. <laughs> they're yeah. of it. And we and we get the and so they're working with Shay, and there's this interesting moment where Claudia says, "Oh, I had all those tests done too because they thought I might have a learning disability, but I don't." And they also reveal that I'm actually very intelligent, which puts a weird amount of pressure on me because the only thing my parents can come up with is that I'm lazy since I'm not making good grades. So she's like, I don't have a learning disability. I'm really smart. All they can, th- all the, so like to them, I'm just not working hard enough. And, right. but we do, we do get a lot in the books and in this episode, a lot of the whole, like Claudia is really easy to lose focus. Like she just drifts off. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, maybe someone should call attention to that. Like maybe, maybe there's something there. Like, I don't, I don't know. She can't she can't pay attention to something for more than 15 seconds that is true she also gets very defensive a few times and is super melodramatic about uh her mom saying maybe she will have to quit the babysitter's club she says i can't live without the babysitter's club the single most relatable line in this series to be frank i want to get that screenshot as a shirt (laughs) she's really like beautiful i i love her in this episode she is she Mm -hmm. is tragic she becomes heroic in moments good job claudia (laughs) one thing i like about claudia and stacy in this series so far and uh it, it could be detrimental to the to the show but the fact that they do seem to be the two maybe with dawn as well the two oldest babysitters yeah Yeah. uh it it really helps it stand out that like claudia is about is is in is in eighth grade and you're about to enter high school and you don't want to be the one who gets left behind you don't want to be the one who has to repeat a grade like this is she's kind of at the top of her social life things are pretty intense and and uh and that's it kind of just adds a little extra weight to her conundrum Uh, netflix claudia is so baby-faced and looks so young that i'm just like I'm like, uh, bad grades. You'll, you'll get, you'll, 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 you'll have plenty back. of time. Yeah. yeah that, that, but I guess she's in seventh grade in that one too. Uh, and this, but she they're does clearly look in eighth so grade. so much younger than this one who, yeah. you're right. Like the three, Dawn and Stacey and Claudia, who also arguably are the more mature ones in the books. I guess Marianne is as well. At any rate, yeah, they look a little older and it does it does reflect in their characters. Stacy always seems like the most level-headed person in the room even when she's being irrational. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which she is but she holds back on being it for a little bit in this episode. There's varying degrees of rationality here. Yeah. <laughs> um this episode, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Varying degrees of rationality is a really good way to describe kids in eighth grade, especially when they are all together in a group kind of feeding on each other's irrationality. Yeah. So this episode is like largely powered by Dawn believing that Mrs. Slade is a witch. And it, the episode mm. opens with them all looking at the Slade house and her explaining uh, that there's something weird about Mrs. Slade and maybe she's doing something uh, sinister with like the rocks in her backyard and that sort of thing. She lives off the she, woods, which are very spooky. Yeah. Maybe she's killing animals, as they say. Oh. They just come right out and say, she kills animals. <laughs> they like, do they, say that. And it turns the dogs out disappear the, and then they turn up dead. Yes. <laughs> and it turns out the babysitting gig that uh Stacy and 
Marianne end up taking is in the house next door to Mrs. Slade's, which leads to all so the, manner of complications. So these are the Goloff kids. Are they? Are they? I don't think they're ever mentioned in the books. I don't. No, think I the think Goloffs they're invented are... whole cloth. They're, I mean, it's a similar structure to some of the other families. Like the Barretts would mirror like the the youngest being close to being a baby, and then two older kids. Right. Uh, the three Goloff kids, who are Willie, Annie, and Zoe, the baby. I uh, love them. <laughs> Willie is great. He only went on to do to be like a dialogue editor for a cartoon series. The baby. This is all she ever did. But <laughs> the but the 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 young woman who the girl who plays Annie. She has quite the IMDb. She was yeah, on she Guiding does. Light. For I a noticed while. that she's the only one with like a current headshot of the guest of yeah. the guest actors in this episode who. Are not uh, Miss Kishi. Like, yeah. Right. Uh, she doesn't do like, and- terribly much, but that's fine. She's a child. She is cute. She is cute, though. Like, it's, there is cute one kids. really cute moment later in the episode that she gets to have that I was happy about. Mm. But the kid, uh, Willie, is like super into dinosaurs because he is a little boy and that checks out. Mm-hmm. Uh, every once in a while, I would visually lose track of the infant. And when they said they were going outside, <laughs> I didn't think either of the girls had the infant. And I got very worried. <laughs> but no, the baby was with them when they when they went into the woods. But we get that delightful thing where they're actually playing with the kids. They're playing a statue game, which I'm yes. not quite familiar with the rules, but it looked pretty fun. I'm not sure what it is. That was one of the things that I remembered from this episode. And I think I it would only make sense if I made kids play that at some point in my babysitting career. And I'm almost certain I did. It's like a weird form of tag, basically, like tag statues edition. Wait, how do you, how do you wait? How do you okay, play tag so of someone's a it statue? It seemed like oh, did you never play that? That's when you play tag, play and when you get tagged, tag. you turn. You have to yeah, freeze tag yeah. Uh, but this is just like this is just like Dawn is standing there and they're circling. <laughs> it's her. Just, don't really know what's happening, and I think they like if they make her giggle and she falls out of the statue formation, she's out. Like it seems Maybe like Stacy is the is. tagger, and whenever somebody like falls apart, that person is out. Yeah, so she's yeah, so they tickle end up tickling her. It's very cute. It's very cute. Um uh and then they decide to go hunting for fossils outside. And we get the most yes. the most ominous ominous line in the whole episode, which is Willie turning to the girls and saying, <laughs> "Oh, there's lots of bones near Mrs. Slate's." I uh, I rewound this twice. I needed to like I needed to hear this intonation, like how earnest he sounds about it, and these yeah. precise words that come out of his mouth. There's lots of bones near Mrs. Slade's. <laughs> what is that? And mean? then he says and then he says she's a witch lady. She talks to animals and turns people into dogs. Sometimes I hear her at night. <laughs> I mean, if I am to believe Reddit, like ask Reddit, then <laughs> children say creepy things all the time. Yes. Yes, they do. And I know that they really do. I've had children say very ominous things to me, but this this is elaborate. Like there is a story he like a narrative he has crafted for Mrs. Slade. Yes. Well, what's interesting is about this is about Mrs. Slade as opposed to Morbid of Destiny, whose actual name I can't recall at the moment. Uh what is her name? Why would I know? It doesn't matter. I don't know. Uh, Sharon's maiden name is Porter. I have no idea what her name is. <laughs> the difference between this is Morbid of Destiny is an older woman who Karen 
think Karen Brewer thinks is a witch. Yes. Mrs. Slade is an older woman who everyone thinks is a witch. Like this is a this is now a like we have had Dawn and this rando kid mention that she is a witch and that she yeah. kills animals. This yeah, is like a apparently. neighborhood thing. I never had the creepy house in my neighborhood or anything like that. I think we've discussed this. I was just going to ask you. Yeah, no, I've never I've never had anything like that. There were definitely houses that looked slightly spookier than others, but everything was relatively like well lit and because uh, I live very much in suburbia. So, I don't know, did you have this? Well, I was just going to say they live very much in suburbia. Like this They is... do, that's true. And it is also like no, now that you say that cuz like it does look it doesn't look like that creepy of a house to me either <laughs> in truth. We we did have houses, a couple of houses in the neighborhood that like they weren't like haunted. Like we didn't say like they were haunted, but we were like, "Ooh, like don't walk past that house." That now looking back on it, I realize was just kids being like really gross and classist like it was probably just the houses that were a little more run down and i lived in a i lived of of the groups of neighborhoods around our area i lived in like the lowest income one of those so there were some houses that were in pretty rough shape for like suburban like suburbia uh, like the suburbs we lived in and and so i do remember like walking around with friends and being like don't go near that house but (laughs) It was just jerks being jerks. Like it wasn't, it wasn't, we didn't honestly think there was a witch living there. No. And this house isn't run down necessarily. It's just like, it, uh, to me, it doesn't look that much spookier than any of the other houses in the neighborhood. If anything, it just looks larger and more cavernous. And uh, surrounded by bones. Surrounded by bones. Uh, They go outside and think they have found a bone when really all the, or they think it's a dinosaur egg, I think. Well, first they find a pet cemetery. That they do. They do. And that kind of lends credence to the whole she kills animals thing. Except if you killed animals, would you would you honor you them, them in a cemetery? I mean, unless it's like a ritual thing, like a serial killer does. No, that's but, fair. Fair. I mean, I've seen I've seen a Hannibal. I know how this works. <laughs> They're not like the animals aren't like artfully arranged in, a, in like a tree formation or something like that. Well, they do mention that they're like, I think it's a pet cemetery. And then like Stacy or Dawn is like, uh, it's just a weird rock garden. And then they like run off. Like they yeah. drag the kids away. There's a lot uh, of... Uh, but this, yeah, yeah, then they find a ball. Yes. And they uh, they kick it a little. <laughs> they poke it with a stick. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, I forgot that. I thought Dawn kicked it, but no, she's not. Why would she do that? Wait, is she's this Dawn and Stacy or is this Marianne and uh, Stacy? This is... Dawn and Stacy, because yeah, Dawn because is Marianne the one who. Yeah, and Stacy take it the second time that they're there. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry, no, everyone. Is... Sorry. Go back and edit all of the times I said Marianne got to meet the babies first. She did not. Uh... <laughs> they got. They find what is clearly a ball. Just yeah, like a it, ball. it's perfectly round. They're, they think uh-huh. it's something more sinister than that. Yeah, some kind of cursed object. When they poke it, it makes like a jiggling noise and I was like a jingle sound. I was like, is that mm-hmm. an ornament? Or I get but it is a ball and they're very they're they're all very relieved when they discover that it's a ball. But they're still spooked. It's a jingle. I they're, assume it's a dog like a dog toy? Maybe like a That would make the like most sense given what we later find out. Right. Uh what we later find out immediately is that Mrs. Slade makes some weird noises. <laughs> she does. We start hearing we start hearing Mrs. Slade's like sounds. She's are like, they, like, it's like, it's like, are they bird calls? Maybe. And I was like, oh my god, what is that? And they're like, listen, listen. It's like, 
And they're like, what is it? It's a monster or something. And then they find an injured dog. Yeah, and I was like, was that supposed to be the dog? But no, it, it was Mrs. Slade. It sounds nothing like a dog. It just sounds like weird wobbly noises that are maybe bird calls. Well, a dog not sounding like a dog is fits in this episode where later on we hear a bird that sounds like a kitten. Which oh, I comes love the that very bit. I will so, also say so, that like when an animal is sick, it sounds nothing like it normally does. Like I have, this is disgusting. One of my cats, uh, both of them are, I guess, technically senior cats. They're like over 10. Uh, yeah. One of them, when he's about to throw up, as cats love doing, cats simply love to mm-hmm. vomit, he, his meow is very different from his normal meow. And he makes this awful, yeah. sad, like, noise. And that is how we yeah. know to go pick him up. <laughs> but that's only when he's sick. So, hey, maybe this is a dog. We don't know yet. Yes, yeah, a dog collapsed on the ground. <laughs> And uh, I do want to say that our old cat, who had a cute little meow, when she would be about to throw up, she'd be like, hey, oh, hey. (laughs) We're like, oh, no, she's about to throw up. You can hear it it all over the house. It's like, oh, no, good. (laughs) I guess he's throwing up somewhere. Oh, my my goodness. Yeah. uh, Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Terrible pets. And yet. Yeah. <laughs> so they find this dog collapsed on the ground and it runs it, it, it runs off. It seems it doesn't seem like I guess it's sick, but it really just looks like an old tired dog. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean apparently they also live near a haunted wood because it's there's suddenly there's like a like a they're, they're in the woods. Like there's this like wooded yeah. area near the houses. Yeah. Uh, which is great. Uh I love a it's... wood and like when I was a kid that was a cool thing to be in and as long as you could see like civilization from where you oh, yeah. stood. No, uh, definitely. Yeah. My backyard has had a had a pretty healthy number of trees uh and we had like more than one tree house that we'd built so this is like i like to see this kind of thing i like children just wandering yeah. around in an area that's maybe not super safe <laughs> well speaking of an area that's maybe not super safe it's time for your favorite scene the hardware <laughs> store yeah, so they go to the hardware store. Uh, before they go in the hardware store, two of them are using, like, they're holding, like, cleaning implements and using them like like they're dueling. Yes. It's a good, yeah. it's a good weird insert shot. They're also there to buy slumber party-like equipment. Which flashlights and candles. Confusing, but I guess, I mean, there are probably other places you could do this that aren't hardware stores. But as Stacy says... It's her second favorite place to go shopping. Apparently, after uh, Bloomingdale's, right? <laughs> after Bloomingdale's, I goes like, I guess this is a new thing with Stacy. I did, yeah. I, it comes out of nowhere. It it's a very strangely written line, but she sounds so enthusiastic when she delivers it. It's like the writers were like, oh god, we got to we haven't even worked into the show yet that Stacy's from New York. So uh, <laughs> uh, how are we gonna get this out there? Something something really easy and natural. Uh, to be fair, um, hardware stores in New York, like independently owned ones, are fascinating. And you walk into them and you think that they have no capacity at all, but they've used every square inch of that space. <laughs> and it's impossible to find anything. But if you ask the man at the counter, he knows exactly where everything is. They're very, they're actually really neat. So maybe this is what Stacy is taking away from that. There you go. But, you know, hardware store, Bloomingdale's, uh, it's all the same to her. All about uh, the same, yeah. But- while they're there, they overhear Mrs. Slade buying a serial killer kit. <laughs> buying the most suspicious set of items possible. Even if, look, even 
adult watching this show knowing she is not a witch. This list is wild. (laughs) Now, I listen to enough true crime that you get the moment where they're like, they were caught on camera or the cops interview, like talked to some people at the local hardware store and they had recently bought like a knife, a shovel, rope. uh, And I was like, so Mrs. Slade is buying a lantern because she works at night, a knife, very sharp, a very strong shovel because she digs deep, rope, black shoe polish, and a broom. It's the black shoe polish that's most haunting of all, I think. Yeah, what's that for? I have no idea what that would be for. I, I do like that Dawn points out in a stage whisper that she would be buying a broom so she could fly around on it. Yes. Uh, now this is also your uh, this is your your New York hardware store thing because she doesn't go shopping. She goes up to the proprietor and gives a list of things she needs. Yep. Yeah. So. Which is a thing that uh, I mean they seem all too happy to do it too. This has to be this looks like an independently owned like ramshackle hardware store, oh, yeah. which I love. I, I do we've and got I a like bunch the of idea of going into any store and asking for everything I want and having it given to me. <laughs> yeah, everything went to hell when they invented aisles and shopping <laughs> sure carts. Did. I blame Montgomery Ward for where we are yeah. now. <laughs> so this is all evidence though that uh Mrs. Slade is definitely a witch. Yeah, and they also run into her and scream. Yeah, I love that. I, I and she Okay, yeah, she looks startled by it, but not as startled as she should be, like at the their outsized reaction to her. I mean, she's probably used to it at this point. She's probably that like, is true. She doesn't... Okay, maybe I want your opinion on this. She doesn't look that creepy to me. Do you agree? She just looks like an old lady. Yeah, she's just a, a, a lady approaching middle age, I would say. She's not yeah, even like... Yeah, like she's, she's not, not a, a No, she's not she's... nearly as old as like... I, I feel like they frame her to be like this old bitty, but no, she is maybe like 50-something. Yeah, yeah, late 50s. I uh and I would say that like I would say that her reputation is probably built more on like the fact that she lives alone, that she kind of keeps to herself, that she is just just like I'm sure all the adults know what her deal is, uh, yeah. clearly, but the kids don't. And I'm like, the reason that the kids think she's a witch is the same reason people thought women were witches. <laughs> 500 years ago like not very much has changed in this time uh in new england thanks nope apparently not <laughs> i think there's a there's a lesson we a could Mrs. all have learned Slade, from this though, which makes me think she's potentially a widower but mm. i don't know that's a well, that's, that's probably... a deep dive that we won't go like we don't go on in this episode who all's buried in that pet cemetery oh <laughs> it's sizable <laughs> yep <laughs> Did you know that Slade uh, is a Saxon name? Uh, oh, that, comes, that, that means uh, that means a valley, dell, or dingle. <laughs> a valley, dell, or dingle. So, I didn't know that. I'm glad I do now. <laughs> I wish she'd been named Mrs. Dingle. That would Mrs. Slade has like that. It has sort of an air about it that's a little mysterious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Slade. It's uh, yeah. it's very severe. It's a severe. It is. Name. It is. So then we, yeah, then we get to go to a sleepover. I believe they watch yep. a movie first. Then Stacy does spooky faces. 
they watch a movie that's nothing but suspenseful music and growling. It's just <laughs> growling yes. and suspenseful music. It's just this, it's this, it's this constant. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no. I'm like, what it's are you watching? Like Cujo, maybe? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is a choice if that's what we're going with. And uh, this is where people should have figured out what's going on with Claudia by now. Because she's literally holding her science textbook in front of her face. She's reading a science she's like and getting annoyed when they make noise you can only see her eyes and and she is peering at the television but mostly she's pretty wrapped up in science and uh yeah we never see what's on the screen then we cut to uh them telling stories of the scariest thing that ever happened to them but wait really quick where are they where are they Um, they're in an attic I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that they're at Dawn's house. Okay. But where else could they be? Does it, It's yeah. not Claudia's. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. I mean, I guess Claudia brought her science book to the sleepover and they're, but they're in an attic and it's, uh, and they're watching TV and they're telling, yeah, now they're telling spooky stories. I guess that's my one thing is I'm never really sure, except for when they're having their meetings, I'm never really sure whose house, because last episode we had this thing where like, whose house did they end up at? They all <laughs> no ran to some house. They all met up at the end and <laughs> ate pizza or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Uh, so yeah. So uh, I know that I, I keep I keep not getting us to this point, but no, they start it's telling... it's fine because it's making it more tantalizing for me to be able to talk about. It. So <laughs> they start telling scary stories, and they have to tell about real scary things that happened to them. Yeah, we only get through two stories, which is disappointing. And one of them, the second one, is Marianne uh, losing her dad at the circus and then grabbing his hand, but it wasn't his hand; it was just some other man, which is a thing. Uh, maybe not most children have done, but who has not? Who among us didn't mistake some other parent uh, for our parent as a youth? Yeah, but at the circus. Ooh. At the circus, that is much more. That is a much more threatening environment to do it. In. Yeah. <laughs> but surrounded Ma- by clowns and. <laughs> but Mallory's story. Oh boy, Mallory's story is about uh, so, yeah. being in the woods with her family and all of them abandoning her there and her having to find her way home. And the way she tells it isn't quite gleeful, but it's definitely not as can you believe this happened to me as it should be. Yeah, she's like, well, I guess the scariest thing that happened to me was this time I was in the woods and I thought that everyone was right ahead of me. But when I looked up, everyone had gone. <laughs> I'm like, and they'd all, that's they'd not all a gone good and thing taken the your... well lit road. <laughs> yeah, that's not something parents are supposed to do. No, and she doesn't say it's all of the kids. It's just all of us. So I assume yes. the Pike parents were there, and they're just like, well, we can probably cut Mallory loose at this point. She's old enough. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, you have eight kids. That's gonna happen. Yeah, I, and I feel like if you can keep a like if you can keep a leash on seven of them, maybe that's enough. You know? Yeah. Like at least they didn't yeah. lose all Plus, three triplets. Yeah, I feel like you could lose a couple of the triplets, and maybe uh, not Vanessa, but no, uh, Vanessa's the flavor. You could definitely lose Nikki. <laughs> You could lose Nikki. I couldn't think of Nikki. You could lose Nikki. Exactly. Couple of triplets. Uh, maybe Margot. Yeah, Claire and Vanessa are the only essential pikes. You gotta have Claire. You gotta have Vanessa. You gotta have Mallory because she's you know Mallory. Well, yeah, she's and then one of the triplets. Oh uh, yeah, Bi- Byron. The only uh, Byron. Keep Byron. The only likable triplet. You could easily lose four of those kids, and you'd still have a pretty solid family. 
I think so. Maybe even better than they are as is, because there's way too many of them. There is way too many of them. Yeah, so then we get Dawn talking about how creepy Mrs. Slade is again. Goes into all the reasons Mrs. Yeah, goes into all the reasons Mrs. Slade is creepy. Claudia offers a logical counterpoint to every one of Dawn's arguments. And Dawn at one which point is says, very it's very logical, including the Japanese have rock gardens. Yeah, and then she's like, she's not Japanese, which is you know, okay. Uh, the, she could still have one. It's it's fine, Dawn. And Dawn at one point pronounces one of the things Claudia says as the dumbest thing, and Claudia gets very upset. Mm-hmm. Don't call me dumb. Yeah, it's rough. It's a and uh, Dawn very quickly like, it, it, oh, I'm not saying you're dumb. I'm just saying that the, and it it doesn't shake out out particularly well <laughs> yeah claudia storms off she's like i'm gonna go she goes like i'm just gonna go to bed and she leaves and so then the wait, girls are they sit in around her house <laughs> well it's a slumber party so i assume that they have all their like oh they would have to because there are way bedding. too many of them to sleep in one room even if it's an attic right so i assume they have like their beddings all laid out somewhere you know you it's uh, you've been to slumber parties where one of the kids gets upset and like goes to sleep yeah have, i was have that you? kid i have <laughs> you were i was that always kid? that kid sure <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like slumber parties. I didn't like being away from my house. If I just go to sleep at nine, <laughs> missed all the good I'll parts then too. Uh, yeah. So then, what do we? Uh, is well, is then Dawn the girl, this then is where the girls continuing uh, looking for Mrs. Slade at that point? This is where the girls all sit and talk about what's going on with Claudia. That's oh, their okay. like. They, this is where and this is where Dawn puts forward that she thinks that Claudia has been hypnotized. <laughs> They they take it to possession really quickly. Yeah, yeah. Cause she's acting weird. She must be hypnotized or possessed. And Dawn says she is like Claudia is being particularly strange to her. And mm. Dawn is charming and convincing enough that everyone starts to buy into it, except maybe Marianne, who is usually a little more level headed than some of the others. Right. And maybe, I mean, Christy is kind of a non-character in this episode, so... Christy has, like, three lines in this episode. Yeah, she's hanging back. She also, as Alana pointed out when we were watching it, doesn't wear her visor in the Babysitter's Club meeting, but does have it on the chair, which makes it even more <laughs> distracting. It's just hanging on the back of the chair. And I Alana's like, why isn't she putting on her visor? Why isn't she putting on the visor? I was... I don't. I was thinking about how she has bangs and the, how that doesn't uh, that doesn't pass my smell test. So that's where my <laughs> mind was with Christy in this episode. Well, because she should have either been what she she wasn't wearing a visor. She, yeah, yeah, you know. right. Uh, so yeah, so now it's time for the for the second round of of Golov sitting. Yes, and, and this is uh, the one where Marianne is uh, spending time with the older of the two girls. Uh, they're singing yes. songs together. It's cute. They're singing "Row, row, row your boat." It's very cute. It's so cute. Uh, and uh, and Stacy is, uh, is Willie's is a Willie. little stinking peeper, Tom. <laughs> yeah, Willie. Uh, they they. I think Willie refers to the person with Mrs. Slade before we see who it is as her slave. Yeah. So we discover that Willie has this telescope yeah. that he just uses to look through windows, <laughs> which is not great <laughs> and right and, and he's using it for nefarious purposes in this case to spy on mrs slade uh he sees that she has somebody with her starts freaking out they realize that it is claudia mm-hmm. oh no he doesn't say slave he says she's got a prisoner oh that's even <laughs> she's got a prisoner and it's and you just <laughs> yeah, see her like about it because it means they have something to investigate uh yeah stacy goes to marianne marianne's like look how cute this child is Stacy's like, <laughs> like you have to save row, row our friend's life. 
Yeah. And then, uh, and yeah, is this where oh, and the then, kid so hands they, her the phone? Because that was the yes, thing I that's what was, <laughs> yes. They're like. She's like, I can't, we have to go investigate. We have to go save Claudia. Marianne's like, we can't leave these, we can't leave these kids alone. Someone has to <laughs> stay here. And she's like, I know we'll have, uh, Dawn come, like someone you called, like I'll call Dawn and like get her over here. And then the little girl like reaches over and picks up the phone and hands it. <laughs> yeah. It's or it so is, cute. Or yeah, she hands it, it past st- Marianne to Stacy to make the phone. To Stacy, yeah. Yeah. It's it's very cute. It is also like very consistent with my babysitting experience, even pre-cell phone. Kids figure out what phones are very early and want to lift objects to their ear and speak into them. But it happens so fast and and so naturally that I wonder if the little girl just did it. I wonder I, if the I would guess that's not scripted. It's too it is almost too adorable. Yeah, and it happens kind of off the beat. It happens in a way a kid would do it, like not when a director would tell you to. Just she says phone and this little girl reaches over and grabs the phone (laughs) and hands it to her. And I can see the director just being like, keep, we'll just keep it. That's great. That's fun. Well, as you've said, it kind of, the babysitting scenes are a little more naturalistic than anticipated. Like it's it's very much like kids are just kind of running around at different points, bouncing on the couch, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. No, it's my favorite babysitting like, moment to to this point. She hands her the phone and 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 the director is like, Great moment. You're the only one in this scene who's got a career. Go for it. <laughs> Truer words. <laughs> so the ba- <laughs> I love the your baby- instincts. They're gonna get you far. Is this when the babysitters, like the other babysitters, break and enter? So what <laughs> happens is Dawn, Christy, Mallory, and Jesse go to investigate Claudia's kidnapping. Yes. And what they do is they... Stacy, they have Stacy call Mrs. Slade and say there's a hurt dog in the woods this to get so her to leave her house. Do, but go on. <laughs> so Mrs. Slade leaves the house and the four babysitters, yes, bust into her house uninvited to go rescue their friend from witch hypnosis. Totally fair. Uh, <laughs> Claudia is aghast when they arrive. Yeah, she's like, what are you doing in this house? <laughs> And, like, they present their evidence, but not really. They just say, oh, she's a witch, and she <laughs> asks you. And Claudia immediately just says, she's not a witch, she's my tutor. <laughs> like, yeah. all it took was them being insane for her to just immediately reveal what was going on. She's not a witch, she's my tutor. <laughs> and and if and now she's going to spend all night in the woods looking for a hurt dog. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Oh, by the way, their accents are bonkers in this episode. I noticed them in the first episode, but in this episode, I guess maybe it's because Dawn has so many lines. I was going to say, Dawn has so much more dialogue, and so does Claudia. And Claudia's voice is a little all over the place. Not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but her pitch is, it goes crazy at times. <laughs> like, when she's upset, it's very high. <laughs> Dawn says chocolate sauce at one point. She's like, do you want this, something with chocolate sauce? And she <laughs> manages to put, like, five extra syllables in chocolate sauce she's like you want chocolate sauce and i was like oh my god and and it's amazing like you said last episode that these people were like straight out of new jersey central casting and 
And it is it is delightful the voices that come out of their mouths sometimes. Yeah. I introduced the 1990 version, which I've been calling BSC 90 in my head, which I, makes it sound a little cooler than it is. I introduced <laughs> it to another friend who has like eidetic memory of the Babysitters Club, and she had not watched it before. And I we were talking about the show while we were like co-watching it, and decided like there. And you and I had talked about this in the first episode. Like, There's no way they didn't just hire the girls who were like who could read lines who looked most like the book covers yeah this uh, this episode it, it, they're good like some of them are better than others but it is still pretty clear that that acting wasn't necessarily their like top of yeah. mind for any of them and what i love about their voices what i love about their accents is it's a regional accent that you don't hear in movies or television like this is an yeah. accent it's a very hyper specific regional accent that you get trained out of as you yeah. as you take acting classes and voice classes and that no one can replicate like you either grow up speaking this way or you or you do a fake new york accent like you can't true. you can't do this accent and so hearing it is very charming because it's <laughs> it just is. these kids talking like the kids from the neighborhood and uh yeah it's almost like watching old little rascal shorts like these these kids with these voices that are just like totally just just they're untrained voices and it's and it's perfect for who they are yeah claudia's voice in this scene because she is she's a little upset i mean more than a little upset but she's also just so surprised like she has no control over what she's saying yeah except she does say like she knows everything about science so of course she's helping me uh ace the science mm -hmm. test more or less this is yeah, what you find out says. mrs slade used to be a vet yeah and that's why she's always taking care of wounded animals as you do <laughs> So, yeah, which is why she ran out to rescue this old injured dog. So, Mrs. Slade, why aren't you a vet now? Uh, <laughs> let's just say I used to be a vet. <laughs> she's not old enough to be retired. I guess if she did really, really well, maybe she's just living out the rest of her days as like a volunteer vet for these woods, I guess. Let's just say my methods were unorthodox <laughs> and leave it at that. So they go to look for Mrs. Slade because Claudia says, like, she's going to look for this dog all night and <laughs> and I'm not going to get my tutoring. I'm going to fail science to so go find this woman. <laughs> and they do. And one of them, it's either Stacey or Dawn, says there is no dog to her very apologetically. It's really funny. Oh, you skipped the fact that they can't find her. So they're like, I bet she'll hear us if we bark like dogs. Yes, you're right. They do. I'm apparently like, I wiped my memory of that because it is so bonkers, but of course it works. It does. They're all like, rrr, 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 rrr. Yes. And, and Mrs. Slate's like, where's the dog? She's holding an injured animal, though, when she finds them. Isn't she? Or, uh, an injured animal she found. Yeah. <laughs> It is the world's biggest scare quotes because like, uh, oh, so they apologize. She thinks it's kind of funny, yeah. which is cute. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I don't know. If someone called me and was like, there's a hurt dog in your backyard. Please go help it. And then later on, they were like, kidding. We're just kidding because we thought you were a witch. I'd be like, get out of my house. <laughs> that was a thing. Like, this was a thing for me, a reaction I had to this episode. I was a lot less tense during this one, which doesn't make sense. Because this is a much worse thing that happens. But the first one, like Marianne having her feelings hurt by a boy and like a like a conniving mean girl was so much more stressful for me than, oh, these people are torturing an old lady just because they think <laughs> she's spooky. Like, 
It's much worse. And it's and it's Claudia who's like, my friends have something to tell. Because yeah, oh, Miss Slade comes love. in and she has to hurt Emma. And she's like, I can't find the dog. And it and it could be anywhere. It could be hurt. And I've got to find Like She's legitimately concerned. That's when Claudia's like, my friends have something to tell you. And Dawn's like, yeah, we lied about the dogs. Yeah. Uh, this is where Dawn has like a really Canadian sounding story too. Like she'd been like she'd been listening to somebody else on set. And decided yeah, that I don't cool. know where that comes from. But it's like I had one friend in college who who said bag instead of bag. Mm. And she was from Albuquerque. And no one else I knew from Albuquerque said bag. And no one else in her family said it. And no one knew where she got that regionalism from. <laughs> so maybe that's Dawn's thing. She, she I don't know. She watched a lot of uh, Nickelodeon when she was a kid. <laughs> she picked I, up I, Sorry. I'll buy it. I mean, I would... I was a weird kid who, when like I heard something pronounced a different way, decided I liked it and adopted it and kept it forever. Ah. It's fine. <laughs> Maybe the actor was being trained by her parent to like, she's like, look, we've got a few more auditions lined up for you. They're all for Nickelodeon. You're going to start saying sorry and about so you can get on one of their shows. <laughs> and that was when she gave up acting. But she she got on HBO on on this fantastic program, uh, and everything is okay and resolved at this point, right? Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> don't she, remember. She got to bark like a dog and an old woman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, after but after they've squared everything away, um, Claudia has to take the science test in in the weirdest the weirdest time lapse. Weird, like what? there's okay. seven children in this classroom. Here's a weird thing about this. I actually couldn't tell if they were advancing to a different day or if they had all just been waiting to get their test results back for hours. Because Claudia's outfit is slightly different, but not different enough. Is it slightly different? I didn't even notice it changed. I think she's wearing a different shirt and the same pants. You're kidding. So this confused us to no end because <laughs> uh, because you see you see Claudia take. There's seven kids in this classroom. A. <laughs> You see Claudia sitting there taking the test. She finished. Uh, Kingbridge is like, you know, open your tests and begin your tests. And then I'm looking right now. She is not wearing a different shirt. Oh, she's wearing she's the wearing same. The, she's wearing the exact same clothes. So, and the, all the other kids are too. Like, it's very clearly. Okay. So, okay. Let's talk about this then, because that means that they all just kept sitting in the classroom while their tests were graded. Yeah. Uh, seven yeah. kids. If they're like true false tests, then yeah, sure. That I guess you could sit and and wait that out. But that seems like it would take a long time, no matter what. So yeah. So the teacher apparently is like, sit there. I'll grade your test. <laughs> so which makes me wonder. Maybe this is like an after school. Like maybe it's like a remedial th or like a like a like these are the kids who have to take like this test over or yeah, it, it, like either a remedial test or or class or it's like the retest. Like these people failed and now they have to take it again. Because she gets her test results, the bell rings, and the entire babysitter's club has been waiting at the door. They all <laughs> rush in as soon as the bell rings. It's like, ring, and they're like, how'd you do, Claudia? And I'm like, were you not in class? Were you allowed to just, can we get out of class early? Our friend is taking a test, and we want to be there when she's done. Is it ever weird to anybody else in the school how attached these these girls are to each other? Well, that's why I'm like, maybe it was after school. Like, and she's like, will you guys hang around until I'm done? Well, no, but the bell rang. So that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Nothing about it makes that much sense. Except what does make sense is that she got an A. Hooray. She got an A, which I was like, 
an A. Maybe they could have done like a B, a B plus. I think a B would have been more appropriate. Uh, I don't think she had been tutored for that long, even if it were frequent sessions. Of course, we don't know when this was. It's true, but she did probably spell some things wrong too. Like you can't convince me that she spelled everything correctly. Yeah, but hey, it's not a spelling test, science test. It's a Uh, biology. And then we we get, yes. (laughs) Yeah, bio, because that's why a vet is teaching it to her. Yeah, right, exactly. (laughs) Um, Speaking of that vet, we get a final scene scene uh with mrs slade the amazing mrs slade uh she goes to her to tell her about her test and she's like i know you're not my tutor anymore but can i still come by and visit you and she's and mrs slade says i would love that i could use some young blood around here (laughs) it's funny and it's very funny again mrs slade is a charming actor uh and then all of her friends pull the weirdest prank on her This is this is so wild and it doesn't make sense with any of the rest of the episode. Nope. She comes out of the house, uh, Mrs. Slade's house, because she goes and visits her, correct? Mm-hmm. And she comes out. No, she goes. All... She's outside. Mrs. Yeah. Slade is gardening and yes, she visits her in the front yeah. yard. Yeah. Nope. Right. Yep. She turns around and all of her friends are wearing spooky masks. <laughs> it's Horrible really masks. Strange. They're also weird masks, like the kind you would buy at like. I don't know. Like, what kind of store would you buy these masks at? The the Haunted Mask store in the Goosebumps book, The Haunted Mask? They are all... They're gross masks. Yeah, they look ugly. Like, they're they're like the very rubbery ones that you know smell terrible on the inside. And you know what? It's scary. They sent their props person to the... <laughs> to whatever local costume shop they could find and said you have here's 30 bucks <laughs> you have you have to mask six children buy whatever's cheapest no we can't it can't none of them can be freddy krueger otherwise get whatever you want and that's what they grabbed and she turns around they're all rawr yeah. she screams they take their masks off <laughs> One of them looks kind of like the pale man from Pan's Labyrinth. Like, that's the closest <laughs> comparison I can make, which is terrifying. It's also, they're all on their bicycles, or at least have their bicycles with them, so it's a lot less threatening. Yes. Yeah. Well, and okay, so you said, so they they all went to Mrs. Slade's together. Yes. And so she's talking to Mrs. Slade, and actually it's a really nice moment with her. She gives her a hug and everything. Yeah, she says, like, I knew you could do it. It's very nice. And then she turns around and she says to her friends, well, let's go. I sure could use a banana split or something. Ha, ha, ha. All of her friends are, like, hunched over, facing (laughs) away from her. She's talking to them as if they aren't. She's talking to them like they're just acting normal. (laughs) But they're all hunched over. Then they lift their heads up, and they're wearing horrible masks. Except Dawn and Mallory look like they just have gross teeth in. Yeah, uh, uh, I, a couple of them are not wearing masks, but are still spooky and and roaring or something. And Mrs. Slade is in the background, and she's completely she's not in focus, but she throws up her arms like, "What? Are, what are you gonna do? What can you do with kids these days?" As Claudia says, "Oh my gosh," and clutches her chest in fear. Um, this actress, that's her final moment on screen. Is is her going or just throwing her hands up? like kids in their kids in their masks happy halloween everybody oh i don't before i forget this because you mentioned the banana splits thing i i i don't want to pass by that at the beginning of the scene with claudia's mother claudia goes to a cookie jar and takes out (laughs) no no fewer than four cookies 
face. I was like, that's incredible. It's such a, like, she's not even hiding that from her mom in this scenario. And normally she is all about, like, the hollow books. And it, it, I just I just uh, love it. It's, it's so blatant. She, it's so bold. She takes too many cookies. She has this touching scene with her mom, this, like, very intense scene. But she doesn't take the cookies with her. Yeah. And when I saw the scene, I was, like, so upset that she left, like... I wanted her to just like yell at her mom and then grab the cookies and run up to her room. Not that she needs more cookies in her room, by the way. We just, the book we're reading right now, she has like a, a an, an, an economy bag of M&Ms. And I was like, the economy size bag is, that's a huge bag of M&Ms. I just and... admire her so much. Do you remember, I think it's in the second super special, a couple of the fellow counselors in training or like a counselor and a counselor in training ask her why she has such a good complexion and she's not fat, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I take after my grandmother. I have good genes, which is a crazy explanation. The explanation is I'm 13 years old and I can eat anything. Yeah, yeah. There are two kinds of people in the world. People who could eat anything when they were 13 and people who, I mean, you can always eat whatever you want when you're whatever age. Don't yeah, get yeah. me wrong. But there are people who whose bodies respond one way and bodies respond the other and trust me world it catches up with you eventually <laughs> oh my metabolism was insane when i was a child <laughs> i definitely I, ate as much as i do now and i really shouldn't have then or now <laughs> like when I was in high school, we would go to McDonald's and hit, this is literally what I would order. This is not a lie. I'm not exaggerating. When I was in high school, I would order two quarter pounders with cheese, a Big Mac, a large fry, a do large Dr. Pepper, and a pie, and sometimes oh. a shake every time I went. And we went a lot. And I just, I, and I was always hungry. I was like, that was good. Or I want some more food. Like, yeah, your, your body is nuts when you're a it, kid. It's wild. I, I was going to say like that order is acceptable if you remove one thing. Like I'm, I'm like, okay <laughs> with it if you remove one thing or you remove the two quarter pounders. Then I'm like, okay, I get it. Also like a large Dr. Pepper. I will do that once like every three weeks, like as a little treat to myself. But a large soda with sugar, like a non-diet soda, just like it, it makes me feel terrible. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. it just oh, no, awful. it's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. It's the worst thing in the world. Uh, yeah. I can drink I can drink easily like 64 ounces of Diet Coke in a day without feeling it. But that's another problem. <laughs> That's just no i still feel awful like diet coke is now starting to do like terrible things to me as well like i drink it and my body is like thanks for filling me up with horrible <laughs> chemicals and i'm like i would stop but i'm literally addicted yep <laughs> it is probably how i'll die it's either that or jaywalking and i've just kind of made my peace with that at this point <laughs> those are two acceptable ways those are I two acceptable so. i think so yeah maybe well, well speaking of right acceptable yeah. Acceptable ways to die. Uh, Dawn in the Haunted House. Uh, we <laughs> no. never did find out what all those bones were about. No, no, we didn't. I mean, I was going to try to provide like a somewhat logical explanation, but I got nothing. Uh, yeah. It's Woods. I found a jawbone at Prospect Park in Brooklyn recently. Got really excited oh, about yeah. it. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is bones are everywhere if you're looking for them. But also, uh, you can't pick them up and bring them back to your friends in the middle of a health crisis. <laughs> like, even I thought better of that. Like, I didn't bring it. I was like, everyone would be so appalled if I touched this thing. <laughs> 
Was it a human jawbone? Because no, I think there's no, people you're supposed um, to call. It was a, oh, no. And it wasn't. It also wasn't a jawbone. It was an actual rodent skull. So it was like a rat skull. Oh. Oh. It was Those e- are probably all over the place. Yeah, they're everywhere. I mean, usually they're attached to a rat still. But in this case, it was just <laughs> I a mean, disembodied skull. Yes, Christy. I know there's skulls everywhere. We're walking <laughs> around with them. We each I, have one. I was, they're all attached to all kinds of people. <laughs> I was at I was at like the giant cemetery in South Brooklyn not long ago on a walk. It's a pretty normal place for people to just go walk for a few hours because it's gorgeous as a like a historical destination. Anyway, there is one grave that is a horse's grave. And when I walked by it, all I could think was, I'm walking past horse bones right now. So there you go. Just a little insight into Isn't how I weird? think when I'm in a cemetery. <laughs> Isn't it weird that we go to cemeteries and there's like just dead people? So, just so many bones, so many bones swimming or under you, just like a sea of the dead. It's wild, crazy. It, it is. It's a strange thing. Uh, I mean, no, not enough bones in this episode, in my opinion, for how many bones we were promised. But a nice no. enough resolution. Get to see those creepy masks. Uh, good fun performances from the babysitters in this one. Uh, how do you think it held up as a haunted house episode? It's not a haunted house story, so it did not. <laughs> not not a one. Not a single haunted house. Yeah, do we have any more spooky ones coming up? Or is everything else uh, more milk toast at this point? Uh, I don't know, because I'm trying not to look ahead too much. I know that there's a mystery I, uh, uh, episode. Oh, yeah, there's a, I like know a Claudia there's... Jewels situation, which is fun. Yeah, so uh, there's a secret passage episode. So uh, so we've got some potential uh, potential spook 'em ups. I don't yeah. want to make any promises because I haven't watched I believe watched them. the. I mean, secret passage is a Dawn House thing. I think we'll see. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I mean, for all we know, it'll end up being about a secret like passage in a book. <laughs> so, but the <laughs> they, way these titles let are us gone. now once they've they've tried yeah. to fool us and succeeded. So. But as far as this being a, a special Halloween episode, I think it was it had witches and bones. I think it it, it, witches, it filled it its bones. purpose. It had people wearing really creepy cheap masks, which uh, yeah. for me like really was a cornerstone of Halloween <laughs> as a child. Mm-hmm. And maybe all the Halloween we get this year. So wah, thanks, wah. Babysitters Club. Oh, didn't mean to get real. Didn't mean to get too real. I'm still dressing up. It's my favorite holiday. I don't care if I'm not going anywhere. I'll just be sitting on my couch in a costume. What's funny is these episodes all take place, seem to be taking place in the fall. And in fact, there's a Christmas special uh, a few a few episodes in. Uh, but this show didn't start airing until January 1st. So it was just like <laughs> watching these in order must have been like this real nostalgia for the past season. It's like, remember when this happened a few months ago? I, when you, uh, the, I kind of get that when you are like rewatching a television show now because you watch it at such a faster pace that when you hit the holiday mm-hmm. episodes, you're like, man, time is flying in this universe. <laughs> <laughs> but it would seem that if this was the Halloween episode, which it looks like it is, it must. Have uh, th- three episodes later is the Christmas special, so that kind of so. makes sense. Like they're yeah. the, the way they're kind of like sort of putting together a school year, I guess, is kind of how this is going. Uh, so, uh, yeah, 
good, good uh, thumb, thumbs up, thumbs up to the haunted house. I I think we like this show. I get that sense. I like this show. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I like it. <laughs> like it so much more than I anticipated liking it. I'm charmed by these characters all over again. All right. So what do we have on deck? What's what's coming up next? Oh, uh, next. If you are following along at home, uh, coming up next, the next episode will be drum roll. Stacy's big break. Yes. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna love this. I'm so excited for you in this journey. And this will be the first of many episodes directed by Lynn Hamrick. The last two episodes were directed by Abby Fink and Carol Fink. Uh, the Finks are gone, and we have Lynn <laughs> Hamrick up for the next uh, big big round up through episode ten. She'll be. There's the a lot so. more female directors on average than are in television. I want to point that out. And writers: Mary Plachette Willis, Eileen. Howell, uh, Jean Betancourt. Those are our three writers for the show. So uh, I believe the last one, I'll, I'll fact check myself later, but the last one has definitely written other babysitters adjacent things before. Who? Jean Betancourt. Um, yeah, she is a ghost writer for the Babysitter's Club. That checks out. Oh, nice. Yeah. This is oh, a, that's cool. Yeah, this is my uh, little bit of insight from having done The California Diarists because I learned a lot about the ghostwriters when I was doing that show. Oh, yeah. And and this episode had a uh, had a weird dedication at the end. Yes, you mentioned that. Or not dedication, a uh, special thanks to... Um, I'll, I'll look under crazy credits. Nope. <laughs> uh after the credits, the girls are seen from behind walking with their arms around each other. That is pretty crazy. Thanks for uh, thanks for that, IMDb. I'm just trying to find... I'm there pretty is... sure that's every episode. Yeah. <laughs> crazy credits. So crazy. Now, there's a special thanks uh, to Vince D'Aquino. Uh Vince DeKino, as far as I can tell, is the is the name of Vincent DeKino, who also publishes who publishes under VT DeKino, and he writes like young adult novels or children's novels, and also books like Emails to a Paranormal and like books huh. about the paranormal. And I'm wondering like what he contributed to uh to this episode like what's the thanks there for i just consult on a bunch of cut material about like witchcraft (laughs) right i don't know (laughs) i want to see the director's cut of this episode is what i'm saying hey vince what what would a witch look like (laughs) i don't know old lady what would she buy at a hardware store i don't know rope a knife thanks vt (laughs) special thanks vince d'aquino are we done i think we're done i think we're done awesome (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. See you guys later.